In this episode, we talk with Dave Woodward, the CEO of ClickFunnels.com. We talk about how they're spending $750,000 to $1 million a month on paid media. Plus, we talk about payback period and the campaigns and the book funnels and how they ultimately relate to bringing more users onto the platform. If you're in B2B SaaS and you're looking to spend a ton of money on paid advertising, you're going to absolutely love this episode. Plus, we talk about payback period. We talk about debt, VC, and ultimately how you start thinking about investing into marketing at the level and scale that ClickFunnels is at. You'll also hear about an epic fail. Uh, it's an amazing story uh, uh, that Dave is, is totally humbly uh, sharing. I think you'll absolutely love the show. Enjoy. But the real key that we've noticed is, yes, it takes a little bit longer to make that conversion from book to actual click funnels. But what we found is the indoctrination that takes place and the trust that exists because they've actually gone through and consumed content makes the buyer so much better. Listening to the Rich Ad Poor Ad podcast, where we break down the financial principles that rich advertisers are deploying today to turn advertising into profit and get tons of traffic to their websites without killing their cash. These advertisers, agencies, affiliates, brands are responsible for managing over a billion dollars a year in ad spend. You'll hear about what's working for them today, their rich ads, and we'll roast their epic failures and crappy ads on the internet with poor ads. Let's get into it. Welcome to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ad Podcast. This is your host, Zach Johnson. I'm with the one and only DC, Dylan Carpenter. How are we, how we doing today, Dylan? We are doing good, man. We got a good one today. I'm pumped. Legendary. It's the, it's the legendary... Uh, gosh, man. This guy's been, been, been around. Um, but gosh, he's... <laughs> He is. Uh, he's kind of a big deal now. He's this. He's the CEO over at uh, over at ClickFunnels. I mean, um, just a couple years ago was doing uh, business development, but I think he's been, gosh, one of the longest standing uh, relationships with the one and only Russell Russell Brunson over there. So I'm excited to have Dave Woodward on the show. Dave, you, my friend, really don't need no introduction. So how you doing, man? I'm, I'm honestly just stoked to have you here. <laughs> I'm doing fantastic. That was more than an introduction that I needed. That I'm just good with Dave. Let's uh, let's go have some fun. Let's do it, man. I I love it, dude. So I I want to hear about this. Uh, you know, this is this is a little past due, but this is the first time you're on the show. I want to hear. I'm looking at your LinkedIn, man. I want to hear the the conversation of how you landed the the, the CEO position over at ClickFunnels. <laughs> um. So I've known Russell. Gosh, probably. I think 12 years now. Uh, I actually, I at the time had my own agency that was uh, pre-digital stuff. This is like 2007, 2008. Yeah. And had a marketing agency in Southern California where I lived at the time and ended up trying to figure, I had a client, my clients were primarily in the mortgage industry, banking, real estate, yeah. investing. And they were all trying to figure out this whole online thing. And I, I'd heard of Russell before. I'd seen a couple of his things and thought, you know, I'm going to go figure this thing out. So I just went to a seminar that he and uh, Stu McLaren were putting on at the time. It was about affiliate marketing. And I remember they they got up and started talking. And Russell said, you know, if you'd like to, to take us out to you know lunch or dinner and pick our brain, you know, go ahead and go to the back room and sign up. So I ran to the back and signed up for every breakfast, lunch, and dinner Russell had. And uh, <laughs> started off actually just uh, creating a great friendship. And we've become friends and just... Honestly, one of my best friends in the world. I've just have loved working with him over the years. We've done a bunch of different projects together. Uh, some things worked, some things didn't. And then uh, when ClickFunnels came around, uh, he asked, invited me to 
come on board as a partner and and help things out. Uh, Todd Dickerson and Russell are the the two co-founders of ClickFunnels, uh, both introverts. And I'm, <laughs> I was the extrovert in the group, basically. So uh, <laughs> that was how I was brought in. I remember, in fact, I think it was one of the first times I met you, Zach, at the time. Yeah. was probably at TNC, was that probably 2015 mm-hmm. or so down in San mm-hmm. Diego? Mm-hmm. And at that point, they were, uh, I was living down there and Russell said, gosh, I, he was speaking at, it at one of the rooms and, you know, they weren't going to let him pitch. And he said, how am I get people in the room? Because I wish we had a whole bunch of girls that could just, you know, hand out t-shirts or do something like that. And I'm like, dude, you're in my city. So uh, <laughs> getting a whole bunch of girls to come down here, no problem. And so I contacted a, an agency I knew. And sure enough, within two hours, we had uh, a bunch of <laughs> women around there, uh, basically helping escort a whole bunch of people into the room. And oh uh, I that's remember where, that. Uh, that's kind of where it started. But no, I've. Uh, and that's, I've what to, see, that's what got that's you to see. That's what got you to see. No, I think the, the main thing is both Todd and Russell are, are absolutely amazing at getting things up and running. They are the, the genius and the brains behind what we have. But neither uh, one of them like the operation side of it. Yeah. And so I've been I've been doing this role now for the last year, year and a half. Mm-hmm. And we're not really big on titles. And it uh, came up to where people are like, I, you guys really got to start having titles here more often. And I'm like, uh-huh. all right. So at that point is where we finally made it official as far as CEO. And so I guess if you had to actually put a date on it, it was last year sometime. And but that's how it's going. Well, I will. I'll, I'll give you more credit than that, man. I know a ton of people. <laughs> I, I know a ton of people that have been friends with founders and entrepreneurs for 10, 15 years, and they still don't end up as CEOs of their companies. <laughs> All right. So, uh, kudos to you. Congrats on that. That's, that's, that's a super, super big deal. And um, I'm excited to have you on the show. So, you obviously have a massive, massive reach over at ClickFunnels. You know what's working, what's not working. Let's get into it, man. I want to. I want to hear about this rich ad. What What are some of the, some of the themes that the audience can take away from really on the on the funnel side? It's a one two punch combo here, uh, but what do you see in the ClickFunnels world that's uh, that's making people rich today? You know, it's it's really fascinating. I think some of the main things that as we start paying attention to just to the to the ads and things, you know, prior to you know, four or five years ago, we really didn't have a lot of opportunity to run Facebook ads and do things. And most of the times back then it was more PPC, Google plays, SEO things. Um, I think the main thing we're seeing right now is the ability for people, again, Russell just released Traffic Secrets book and in there yeah. talks a lot about understanding that you can't have just one platform that you're 100% relying on. And so I think the one thing I'm starting to see is uh, everyone really just gravitated to Facebook because it was the place to go. It was easy. You can get, yeah. you, you just drill down, you get a ton of demographic information. You can be super targeted, super focused. And just like we used to have the Google snaps where it literally wipe out a business overnight, we're mm-hmm. starting to see some of that as far as the Facebook snaps. Uh, we actually refer to it as, if you go back to the Avengers idea as far as Xanos, or uh, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's basically it's Zuckerberg snaps. And it's that's really is the biggest thing is, we're just afraid that if you got a business that is 100% reliant just on one traffic source, mm. you literally can die overnight. And I think mm-hmm. the main thing I'm starting to see is people are are understanding that and are going, okay, I've got to, ha- I have to be able to have ads in more than just one place. Mm-hmm. Where do you see, where do you see the second place, you know, really, really popping up for a lot of people in your world right now? Uh, depending on the platform that they're on or depending on their audience, 
We actually yeah. seeing a lot of people starting to gravitate back to Google. Google mm-hmm. is becoming a little more uh, easier to play with than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, Instagram and Facebook is the same. Uh, we're starting to see other people uh, starting to explore ads on podcasts. Uh, we've done yeah. a couple of those. Again, it depends on your audience. And I think yeah. the key to, to ads is you really have to identify who has your audience and then go wherever they're at. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You know, I am... Um... <clears throat> Speaking of your guys' uh, traffic uh, secrets book campaign, I actually um, brought. I, I mentioned to you guys in a, in a narrative story from back in my lead pages days, and uh, and really in this narrative of understanding payback period, right? ClickFunnels is really B two B SaaS, right? But like you guys have totally flipped the script in that arena, and most B two B SaaS companies, you know, they're doing free trials with payback periods of like six months, twelve months, right? And, uh, and you guys have just absolutely done phenomenal with all these book funnels and it's, it's amazing to see, you know, the SaaS company focus on profitability before people are even getting into (laughs) (laughs) before they're even selling their core offer. And this, this actually came up with a couple you know, VC related, you know, conversations when they asked us like why we had the rich ed, poor ed book and the agency growth book, which, you know, pale in comparison to, to the success you guys have had, but the principle remains the same. Do you see, do you see this you know, really still playing out at your guys's level of, of size and, and, and scale on the, on the, particularly on the paid traffic side, uh, because obviously it's, it's working on the affiliate side. <laughs> Everybody's running click funnels. <laughs> no, but, Jack, uh, I appreciate yeah. that question. I, again, I have the opportunity of talking to growth equity, private equity people, you know, two, three times every single week these days, it seems like, uh, yeah, yeah. lots of people knocking, but I think the, the part that I, um, I guess a, a good reference actually is, I don't know if you know Dan Martell. I think you know you know Dan. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So you know Dan Martell's got SaaS Academy, and uh, we were talking to some of their other founders over there about how do you actually scale and grow a SaaS company, uh, which is typically not something as you referenced. Most of the time, it's a it's a payback time of anywhere from six to nine months. And right. for us, when you're bootstrapped and you don't have any money, you yeah. just don't have that option. And so you start figuring out what works. And for us, for like John Parks, who's just an absolutely genius at ads and Facebook and traffic and everything else. Uh, we've really just given him the challenge of John, we need to, we really need a 30 day payback on those ads. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty tough to yeah. actually get a free trial. What's a 14 day free trial with a credit card to get paid and make your money back in, in a month. And so uh, because of that, we've done what's worked for us. And that is uh, we're really big on a break even funnel is what we basically mm-hmm. look at it as or and you know, self-liquidating offers is what it comes down to. So for us, I can tell you right now, it would cost us anywhere from 135 to $142 for a free trial. Well, yeah. I and again, we're converting those things that, to pay to anywhere between 42 and 47%. Mm. Yeah. And I'm just, I'm not going to, I mean, so really to get a, a person actually pay to make $97, I then have to spend almost $300 and I've got a three-month payback on it. I'm like, oh yeah, oh yeah. I, I, we, we can't afford to do that. And so, but I mean, us, let's just let's let's explain why. Just to take that a little bit a step further, if you're spending, you know, seven hundred fifty grand a month, and you have a three month payback period, you're talking about two point two million dollars, right? That that that's true. VC money, right? That's why we continue to say forty percent of venture capital is spent on paid advertising. Oh, totally. <laughs> it, oh my that gosh. reason alone, right? It is. And if you, and if you want to have the growth record, right? If you want to grow by three hundred percent, four hundred percent next year. That 2.2 becomes 10 million and 20% <laughs> of your company in 12 months, right? 
And so I don't think like everybody understands book funnels works, but I've been a part of pre-click funnels days, you know, running marketing over at lead pages yeah. and like having the same level of conversation and seeing 38 million in venture raised and, you know, a company that, you know, sold and like sold way early relative to the track record that, that click funnels has had. And uh, I think that that full narrative doesn't often get highlighted enough of just a three month payback period. And then how that ultimately comes back to like, yeah, rah, rah, like VCs are the enemy, but like, why, why, why is that the case? And so I, that's awesome to hear that. Like you guys still track that stuff and you're like, yeah, free trials sounds great from, from a funnel to, you know, from a paid acquisition strategy, but uh, it, you know, it always makes more sense with a book on the front end. Yeah. It, well, it does for us. I remember one of the very first, uh, private equity guys I ever met with. It was Russell and I, we were literally having lunch with the guy here in Boise. And this is like 2015. He's like, you know, we started going through our numbers. He's like, oh my gosh, you know how I can give you this amount of money? And we started, and we're like, whoa, wait a second. We actually don't do that. And he's like, what do you mean you don't do that? I said, no, no, we, we don't have that kind of money. He goes, oh, well, I can provide that. And I'm like, I don't want your money because we actually feel like we can grow and scale this. And as we explained uh-huh. it to him, he's like, so what you're telling me is if that's actually true, funnels literally can change the game for any business. And we're like, yes, that's exactly right. And yeah. fortunately, we've been able to prove that. So to answer your question, um, yes, we definitely see a lot of the book funnels that they convert. I can tell you right now, when we look at a book funnel, um, our most recent book funnel, Traffic Secrets, it, yeah. we always look at trying to get our, our cost to acquire a customer to equal or be equal or, or less than whatever our average car value is. So right, right. our cost to acquire a customer on a book funnel right now, it's about 17 to 20 bucks. Our average cart value on that is anywhere in the neighborhood of 52 to about 58, $60. Wow. And then you look at the book cost and the fulfillment, everything else costs another 20 bucks in there. We actually make money on, on actually on, on acquiring that customer. But the real key that we've noticed is Yes, it takes a little bit longer to make that con- that conversion from book to actual click funnels. Right. But what we found is the indoctrination that takes place and the trust that exists because they've actually gone through and consumed content makes yeah. the buyer so much better. And for mm-hmm. us, anytime we're trying to sell something, I would much rather have a buyer lead than an opt-in lead anytime. This episode is brought to you by Funnel Dash's ad card, the only charge card exclusively for your digital ad spend. And if you're an advertiser spending tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars a month on ads, and you're in e-commerce, and you're looking for more capital or credit to scale, then you're probably familiar with solutions like Shopify Capital, Brex, and ClearBank. The problem with these solutions is the cost of capital is expensive, and they take a percentage of your revenue. One of the beauties, with AdCard, when you combine it with one of our in-network, of our 5,000 in-network agency partners, you have the opportunity to qualify for free ad capital funding where we'll load up your ad card with an additional $50,000 all the way up to a million dollars of additional capital to deploy on platforms like Facebook, Google, Pinterest, Instagram, YouTube, and more. So if that's you, if you're in e-commerce spending a ton on ads and you're looking for a way to decrease the cost of, of capital, check out AdCard. We'll get back to the show. How, how do you guys track today? Like 
book buyer to ClickFunnels sign up? Is that uh, just kind of a general metric across the board, or do you, do you really track that all the way through on the back end of um, traffic sequence? I don't track it all. We're trying to. Again, uh, huge shout out to Alex Becker and Hyros. Uh, we're yeah. using his platform right now and uh, trying to tie a lot more of that in. It's tough. It's a little difficult to do. We're trying to get a better job at doing that. Um, mm-hmm. We're much better at just growing things than tracking things. And it's, uh, <laughs> uh, it's one of the things we're really trying to, to learn a little bit better is how to actually track things. Fortunately for John, he does a ton of that. I know we've used Wicked Reports in the past. And I know he's using Hyros right now. And uh, yeah. it's fortunately, yeah, maybe in three or four months, I'll have a better answer for you. I can't track. I would love to say that for every three books we sell, we get a ClickFunnels user that pays us for four months. I, I don't have that yet. <laughs> that was all good, man. Get off the show, Dave. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that was you know pretty much where we set out. Like, so my journey at Funnel Dash was really to be able to track that, right? Because like I thought the answer was if I knew my payback period, you know, then I would be confident in that number. And then I would just go win more capital over on budget. And then I would be able to scale. And it sure. turns out the end of that analytics rainbow that <laughs> <laughs> everybody's still chasing. Uh, in most times, um, I it that clarity didn't really end up changing the overall investment in the channel or the growth. I think it gave like some level of satisfaction or confidence. But most of the time that led to a financial conversation, right? Of sure. Okay, well, now that we know this where <laughs> great we have a payback period of 90 days i'm still spending 100 grand a month i still have 300 grand uh, of carry you know and b2b you know sas or subscription where am i going to go get the 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 900,000 of operating capital right and that is pretty much the journey of kind of starting from you know like a, a click funnels trying to solve that problem through a better funnel and I think that you guys are doing a phenomenal job of like helping people, you know, play that that book. And the journey of kind of where I've come to is like, wow, finance can actually be another lever here. And it doesn't venture capital, like doesn't have to be the only alternative to like, you either get a funnel at break even or you have to go VC. <laughs> uh, I, I think with where we want to go with ad capital and ad, ad card is really being able to to bridge that gap through you know financial products for for advertisers. So um I appreciate the 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 narrative and the conversation of seeing how you guys have really evolved that and it's been such a a, a part of um our story as well in terms of just like how do you acquire customers at break even and it'll solve like so many so many <laughs> so many problems. It does. Uh, that's cool. Well so you you know uh ever Everybody uh, has some failures, though, Dave. And I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear about something that is just totally blanked because everybody just thinks, you know, you guys are untouchable over at, at ClickFunnels, and everything you do turns to gold, which is for the most part true for the last couple of years. <laughs> However, I want to hear some things you know that you guys have done that have totally bombed and, and break down this poor ad campaign for us. Now, the only thing is we just go really fast. So uh, it, it yeah. covers up a lot of mistakes. That's the main thing. <laughs> we can make a lot of mistakes super fast and hopefully we learn from them. Um, yeah. I think one of the things, uh, you know, it's interesting. We, 
I've cut my teeth in direct response marketing for so many years. That's again, Dan Kennedy back in the you know early 2000s. And that's just really where it came from. And so for me, uh, when we were doing that, we just recently did the Traffic Secrets book launch, got Russell to the New York Times bestseller list, super excited for all that success. But it was yeah. probably one of the most frustrating campaigns I've ever been involved in. And I feel so sorry for John Parks, who <laughs> I'm like, John, I'm sorry, I'm totally blowing your ad budget. And it's completely failing. And I have, I, I just continue to apologize to him because I'm like, <laughs> this is what we're, we're told we need to do. And so we ended up normally everything is tracked and it's just how we're, we're accustomed to tracking things. And yeah. I remember working with an outside agency um, who used Cision and some others to try to try to get us a, a much more broad appeal and to right. get, you know, really to get more mainstream for the book uh, was our biggest concern was, yeah, people inside a ClickFunnels community and others have heard about it, but how do we go more mainstream so that we could actually get recognized by the New York Times and that uh -huh. uh, people go, oh yeah, everybody's talking about it. And so we ended up using Cision uh, and some of their things. And I remember they were saying, oh my gosh, you won't believe the type of conversions we get. We're going to be on all these TV shows. We've got these radio shows. We've got these huge, huge networks of where we're posting things. And, and we're like, I just, all I care is you can track this back to book sales. And like, um, we can't. I'm like, I just, I need to be able to track this. And they go, well, we can, we, I know we can track it back to maybe video views. I'm like, okay, great. So we went ahead and did that. And I wish I had the actual numbers here in front as far as how much we spent, but it was somewhere in the neighborhood for this one, one week was somewhere in the neighborhood of, you know, 30 to $50,000 or some stupid thing. And, <laughs> and in doing that, uh, so I just got the, I was trying to find the report a few months ago. So uh, total audience views was 785,160,031 views or potential audience views of, I guess what they were calling that. And then it hit uh, 14,965 sites. And out of all that, we got 23 video views. Honestly, I think we, we would have been better literally just walk down the street and say, you know what? Can I just pay you eight thousand dollars to buy this book? And it would have been a much better, better opportunity because from those video views, I don't have even the conversion if we even sold any books out of that. But uh, so we spent nearly fifty thousand dollars, and I could have literally thrown a party and let him match that money instead. <laughs> I know, seriously. What was the? Was it just a PR play, or like what was the actual? Was it ads trying to amplify things? It was like both. What was it was a PR. It was a PR play with ads. And all of their ads, we, we couldn't, we wanted to write the copy. And they're like, and so we did, again, more direct response marketing. They're like, no, 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 that'll never go. It won't fly in the magazines we're putting this into. There's no, no way. And by the time we saw it, it was so diluted. It's like, I wouldn't even have stopped. There was no re, I, I mean, if I was looking at the actual ad, I would have just glanced over it and gone to the next thing. Because it, it was just, mm -hmm. it, uh, it was just a total branding play that sucked and just burn <laughs> a ton of money. Branding, branding plays are really tough. You know, when you come out of the, the, the stock of, you know, bootstrapped and break even and direct response, <laughs> it just doesn't sit well with you, you know? It doesn't. I, I, uh, so we were talking recently um, with the, the old co-founder of Capital One, and uh, it's a phenomenal story, but the, basically they, they kind of came out with the whole, like, what's in your wallet and basically Samuel Jackson was like the complete opposite of what you're talking about. He's like, yeah, so like, 
you know, we, <clears throat> we went public and then we just realized that to have a household brand, it was going to cost 120 grand to, or sorry, 120 million, 120 grand. He's uh, like 120 million a year for 10 years. And, uh, and then we should just kind of own the, the, the space. And I'm like, <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, Oh, that's how you guys think. Uh, like at that level, like, um, I'm just not yeah, there. If I, if I thought yeah. about spending $1.2 billion over the next 10 years, I would not have come up with that plan at all. Right. Like it just got like, Oh my gosh, it, it blew my mind. And, uh, here I was trying to talk to him about book funnels and he was just like, <laughs> he's like, what? <laughs> uh, Again, it, but, but you probably see that in the ads. I mean, that sometimes when you have that kind of amount of money, you can't spend that all on Facebook. You're not going to spend that. I mean, you just can't spend that kind of stuff. So I guess uh, you have yeah. to do different things. Well, so here's what I want to talk about. This is a side that I don't think gets talked about enough. And this is really, you know, the whole purpose of the Rich Ad, Poor Ad podcast is to really help the industry move away from marketer math, stompernet math, as you would say, Dave, uh, where everyone's rounding up to the nearest million, 10 million, and uh, using bookings number and projected <laughs> revenues. And uh, I think really we've all been guilty of it, but Really, I want to help you know, the market get educated on you know financial principles of how to think about investing into um, campaigns. How do you think about like cutting your losses, limiting your losses on some of those things versus like writing them out? And now with your with your big fancy title, like you're making like a ton of you're making like a ton of you know you're basically like a high level like chief investment officer of like. Which what CEO does is allocation of capital and resources and initiatives. What are some of the principles that, you know, as you're thinking about where to invest, um, you know, that that's also applicable to, uh, you know, us, uh, us, we down here oh. um, in the <laughs> normal businesses that, that, that could be applied across, across the board. I, you know, I think some of the main things that we take a look at right now um, for us, when we're looking at investing, there's an investment into tech um, itself. Uh, there's an investment, obviously, into the marketing and the growth side of it. And I think, I mean, they're totally different conversations. I'll try to focus more on just the marketing side of it. Yeah. Uh, so for us right now, um, so beginning of the year, we were spending just over a million, a million a month in ad spend. And mm. I've never, I've always you'll never see me cutting ad dollars when times get tough. I th think it's probably one of the biggest mistakes that most companies do is they cut their marketing budgets or their ad budgets. I'm like, that's the time when you want to double down. Uh, but mm -hmm. one of the things we did do uh, right around early COVID days was um, we looked at, at really things we would classify as either, you know, break glass moments or mm. full on emergency break moments. Mm -hmm. And I think in a business, those are some main things you got to pay attention to is there are certain things that are kind of break glass type of things where you're like, ah, we better, you know, and again, break glass comes back to the, the idea here of you're in a fire and basically you have to break the glass, pull the fire alarm and, and run mm -hmm. out of the building. It's a huge fire drill type of deal versus the handbrake type of things where it's like, I'm just going to slow this down a little. And right. so for us, we started looking at it. And one of the main things we challenged uh, John with, and he totally responded, and that was which ones of our ads are really working versus those that uh, they might work. And so for us, uh, we quickly went from just over a million dollar ad budget in a month down to about 600,000 mm, by yeah. finding the ads that actually 
they were more testing type of things. And mm-hmm. hopefully, you know, longer term, they might, they might play out. But for us in that moment, it was a handbrake type of a situation where we're like, okay, uh, it's, yeah, we'll save 400 grand. But more importantly, what we want to do is to reallocate that 400 grand. It wasn't just to, to save it. It was to actually reallocate it. And so we ended up breaking that down to, you know, 600,000 within about a, about a two-month window. But within a month, we were back up to 750. And yeah. the reason for that was John was able to say, okay, these are the ones that we're not, they're not generating the type of an ROI that we need right now. And again, every company's ROAS is different. And as far as how, how long of a time do you have, you know, what's your return on CAC? If is, it, is it a month? Mm-hmm. Is it two weeks? Is it three months? So mm-hmm. for us, again, it was, John, we're looking at a, basically a 30-day return on CAC. And we wanted to make sure that, that you know, there was, it wasn't just a return on CAC, but that, yeah. that the customers we were bringing in were actually converting. And that was one of the main metrics we started paying attention to is what's our, what's our conversion and our metric from, from those yeah. lead gens to actual ClickFunnels users. Well, that's, the, that's where I feel like a lot of people go into this space with kind of this like blindfolded rule of like, oh yeah, everybody's cutting budget, but I'm not going to cut budget. But the secret killer of advertising, you know, it, like, I don't know if you guys saw this like in March or April, but like the thing that is difficult for a lot of people to have visibility is in their LTV dropping, right? Like the, sure. the higher ticket sure. stuff drops off, your average order value starts shrinking. And next thing you know, like you're, you're, you're trying to hang on to that level of spend. Um, but I think you, you're, you did the playbook perfectly. So I have just kudos to you, Dave, in the sense that like, let's pull, you know, let's pull back, cut the fat, but not cut, but reallocate. I think those are great differentiators there and focusing on the right metrics. Again, I'm like, you know, giving you a round of applause over here. And if like, what is actually driving LTV and what LTV is, is, uh, is, is sticking. I I appreciate that. And and thank you. I can tell you for, us, one of the main things that it actually did was while we were looking at that uh, metric, the other metric we really paid attention to was our churn hmm. and trying to reduce churn during the same period. So we were bringing in the right customers and we were fortunate enough to be able to get our churn down by almost 25% uh, over the last four months. So it was a wow full court press. <laughs> That's awesome, man. I love it. I love it. So Tell everybody a little bit about, uh, you know, where, where they can hear about more about ClickFunnels. Is it, is it ClickFunnels.com? Is that the domain? <laughs> I think that's the best domain we have right now. So let's go with that one. ClickFunnels.com. <laughs> is it ClickFunnels.com? Oh, man. Dave, this is so exciting. I would love to hear just a little bit about what you're excited about next. You know, what does this mean for you personally as, as like, you know, put on the CEO hat? What are you excited about next, you know, over the next six to 12 months? Oh, for me, I think some of the the real exciting things uh, we're seeing right now is the impact of virtual. Uh, I for us is you know we have our annual users conference funnel hacking live. We'll have five thousand people at. Uh, we ended up again during that whole handbrake scenario. One of the things we looked at was actually bringing on a virtual conference, and in June we did one uh, at you know five thousand people register for it. And you know we're seeing a lot of these summit challenges. We're seeing virtual conferences. Um, mm-hmm that those are the types of things right now that are working and because you're going to people right where they're at and, and where they've got time. So for us, I think, um, I think you're going to see a huge change in the way virtual is done. Uh, and mm-hmm. it'll be much more engaging 
We've got a couple of things. It's going to be uh, potentially a hybrid of virtual that we're looking at doing. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe right now, um, you know, most people are becoming more accustomed to really how to use a webinar, how to use a Zoom room, how to, how to actually engage it where, again, from a virtual standpoint. So we see a lot of opportunity in virtual. Uh, for us, we end up selling our high-end coaching there. We're going to be doing the exact same thing at the end of September. Uh, and we'll probably end up doing one later in this year as well. So we'll end up having the normal impact that we would get to bring people into our high-end coaching once a year. We're going to now have the opportunity of doing four times a year and mm-hmm. seeing a, a great opportunity there. I believe that uh, the whole idea of either a summit or a challenge, again, a challenge funnels work extremely well these days because people are trying to get results. And so if there's something you can do in your business right now that is a quick win for your customer that you can get them that win within the next 7, 14, 21, or 28 days, 30 days, whatever it is, doing a challenge is probably one of the best things because you got a lot of skeptical buyers out there. And what they want is they want to see a win. And that's the easiest and best way of building trust with someone is to Mm. take them through that kind of a challenge. And I've seen, I'm seeing challenges. In fact, I think uh, I saw a summit recently. uh, I think Teachable's copying some of the things things we did with Mastermind. uh, Yeah. But on the summit side, but I think, Again, back to the challenge thing. If there's a way that you can put a challenge into your business, great way of uh, having your customers actually use your product, consume your product, use it, gain the trust. And then from there, at the end of the challenge is the upsell opportunity. Uh, we've been doing that for our one funnel way challenge over two years now. And our retention is almost 30% higher on those people who go through one funnel way challenge versus those who don't. Hmm. Um, yeah. The summit funnels, again, uh, we did the summit funnel. It's how we launched mastermind.com last Right you know, three weeks ago with uh, Tony Robbins and Dean Graziosi. And the summits yeah. are fantastic because people get a ton of information from experts or people in that industry. And we're seeing that uh, being done in so many different verticals these days that uh, mm-hmm. it's, so I think those are the three areas that we're super, super excited about right now. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. All right. So we got a couple of quick uh, rapid fire here. These, uh, so when it comes to your guys' card program, are you guys like, uh, and it's interesting because at the level you guys are at, like, do you care about points, cashback, credit, or just you guys don't even care at this level? Our credit cards? Yeah, yeah. Like, so we've had you know some people on the show, like, they, you know, they've just talked about like you got the points, just like enthusiasts, and then you got the people that are just like I don't even care, and then you got other people that are just like straight cashback. And no, uh, I'm curious what you guys Yeah, we. So ours are all Amex points. Uh, and we have way too many. We used to use them for our travel expenses all the time. We'd fly most of our our employees around on Amex points. And now we have so many points, uh, we're probably going to have to, <laughs> since no one's traveling, I don't know what we're going to do with these millions of points we've accumulated. <laughs> They're just points sitting there. Be, points are becoming pointless. Oh, my gosh. That's <laughs> okay, cool. And then uh, I think I know where you're going to land on this one. But bootstrapped debt. VC, where do you stand? Oh man, uh, obviously on a startup, bootstrapped all day long, no question about it. Um, oh, and as I think the key right now, when I look at a company that's getting going, is you need a proof of concept, and there's no better proof of concept than a customer who actually takes out their credit card and pays you something. And so, for a company who's just who thinks they're going to go out with an idea and have someone else invest in it, I'm totally against that. I think you need to go ahead and you need to bootstrap this here. I think part of the debt that comes into play is, I mean, I've, I've used credit cards many times on that. I think uh, debt actually, as you scale and grow a company, starts to have 
uh, especially a SaaS company, it's one of the things we'd looked at. Uh, you actually these days can typically get about three times your your EBITDA on yeah. debt, and so it's something that I've definitely been looking at uh, as far as a way of, if nothing else, of just. I think it's important these days to have cash and have access to cash. I believe we're going into a time after the first of the year where you're going to see a lot of businesses for sale. And we definitely want to have cash on the sidelines to acquire those. Mm -hmm. And I would do that through debt for sure. Um, and then as far as VC, I think um, VC, I'm not a huge VC guy. I'm probably more the private equity growth equity. Uh, you know, I see things that Kajabi's done recently uh, with after they mm -hmm. had an investment. Um, Spectrum. Mm -hmm. And I think that uh, once you've got a proof of concept and you've scaled and you've grown and you've built a company, there definitely comes a time where um, it's probably worth taking a look at a PE growth equity and not necessarily from the investment, but more from the knowledge, the wisdom and things that uh, companies of that size that they provide. So I think that's how I'd answer that. Dude, that's a nice, like, holistic just perspective. You know, it's just like uh, you're like Switzerland. <laughs> <laughs> you have the benefits and pros and cons of each. I love it, man. Well, I want to make sure I'm definitive on the whole bootstrap from a startup standpoint. I'll definitely Dude, draw the line right there. And I appreciate you so much and uh, appreciate you kind of entertaining some of the, the, the less obvious and the less talked about parts of, you know, scaling a business and being so transparent. It's always a pleasure. Yeah, man. What, what, any any last words? Any last thoughts? Man, absolutely. Just love seeing what you guys are doing. Love seeing the growth you guys are having. And uh, congrats on all you're doing. I think it's awesome. Thanks, man. Thanks so much. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of the Rich Ad Poor Ed podcast. If you're like me and listen to podcasts on the go, go ahead and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, and richadpoored.com slash podcast. And if you absolutely love the show, go ahead and leave a review and a comment, share with a friend. If you do, take a copy, screenshot of it, email me, zach at funneldash.com, show me you left a review, and I'll give you a free copy of the Rich Ad Poor Ed book. To learn more about the book, go to richadpoored.com. To leave a review, go to richadpoored.com slash review. Thanks again.